Hello and welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 2, Episode 1, DIY or Die. Or maybe DIY or D-I-E. I think that's the probably Because they're both all caps. date for this episode was september 29th 2017 yesterday for us yesterday for you question mark <laughs> it was directed by stephen herrick who we've talked about on the show he did yeah. the young macgyver reboot and bill and ted and critters and other good things um it was written by showrunner peter linkoff along with uh common show writers uh craig o'neill and david slack mm. i think david slack wrote that one that i really liked with the pumping the blood out of the guys yeah I, 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 I just have notes here for screwdriver and all but I don't know uh, I think the all is the one that I liked um, winner of take the all. whole series <laughs> um, yeah so why don't we uh, describe this episode in brief well in this episode uh, MacGyver and the Phoenix Foundation are recruited uh, voluntarily to go in search of a possible hostage situation uh, of a kidnapped seal right seal not an actual seal. Not a loose seal. Uh, Arrested Development. Coming back for some reason. Um, there are a few episodes like this so far in this series, yeah. right? Yeah. But just rescuing hostages, they all start to blur together. Um, uh, but we should note here, season two! Hey! It's season two! Get ready for 26 more episodes of this? I, 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 don't I, didn't think, I didn't think we would get to season two. I really didn't think it would happen. I didn't think we'd get to season two of the first series. <laughs> but sure enough, here we are. <laughs> Even though it was already a fact that it had been done. By the way, probably worth noting that we're back from a like five-month break. The last mm. you guys heard from us was our uh, location review of uh, just going around and visiting all the different Los Angeles locations, shooting locations with Nick Suido of the MacGyver Project blog. And that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, this episode goes all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of jet setting. Uh, we start in Syria, which looks just completely war torn. Yeah, it could be Syria. Maybe they shot this in like, I mean, because it seems like they're not just in Atlanta for this episode. They yeah. at least did some shooting in Cuba. Oh, it absolutely like. did. S- did Cuba that... mostly second unit? Yeah, because it um, was not identifiable drivers. Yeah, um, it could have just been footage from Fast Eight. I don't know. Well, there, this whole thing, like this whole part, the opening whole opening game, gambit is Fast Eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before we get into that, um, where while we're in Syria, we're just with these uh, four guards who are kind of playing poker cards with each other and kind of laughing. It kind of looks like they're playing Go Fish because they're just putting <laughs> down one card at a time. Like we don't know how cards work. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then all of a sudden, a person drops through the the glass ceiling. But it's not like a tactical drop. It's no, just, it looks like it was by accident. <laughs> it's it's like Martin Short. Yeah. A crinkle's falling from the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, that's the best part of Three Amigos. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the guards here is played by uh, Danny Bouchabel, who played the English teacher on Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Which is cool. Um, but yeah, I assumed immediately this was a woman because the face was completely obscured. That, that and, is, that, that's my first note right here. You yeah. see it covered so obviously a woman. Yeah, because they did that on the original series too. Anytime someone like broke into a room and started beating people up and you couldn't see their face at all, then that meant it was a woman. Because otherwise there's no reason to hide their identity at all. Yeah. Especially since this is a new character who we haven't seen at all. Yeah, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a surprise to, to see who it was. Um only because I didn't think that we would have a, a new character. A new regular. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that, too. Um, so she beats all these guys up and then breaks into a cell. And we, this is the the one of, like, two cell shots that we'll get of a dirty mattress and a bowl of food and just flies everywhere. Yeah. Um, I guess the implication was that the food was just left in there rotting after they took the prisoner out. Yeah, I'm not sure. She breaks into this cell, though. And there's just open shackles, like mm-hmm. the person already escaped on their own yeah. or was taken again. Like, I don't know, but it's weird because this is not the first time that we're going to, f- in search of this person, find an mm-hmm. empty cell. It's yeah. just weird that, is is he escaping from people or is he getting kidnapped? What's going on? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we get, uh, we go to Cuba. 
mm-hmm. and Jack is reminding everyone what last season was about while he's getting tortured, yeah. which is not the first time that um, Jack and MacGyver have been on in charge of filling people in on what the plot was. Right. And last time, Jack, I think, was also tied to a chair and was saying, oh, well, there's this person and this person and this person, and basically mm-hmm. here's the plot. But this time he's saying, oh, well, Murdoch is a bad guy, and we were trying to catch him, and he broke out of our... Mm-hmm. Our, or he broke into our facility and killed some people, and now we're after him. But this uh, this guy has a picture of, of Murdoch, and he's yeah. trying to figure out where he is, I guess. I, well, it's like the guy who's interrogating them wants to know why they're after Murdoch, but he seems more concerned about wanting to find Murdoch as well. Right. Um, before that, Mac gives a little bit of a narration about Cuba, and uh, about, like, this, oh, the, you know, the, he really admires the people. And I was like, this is like the opening scene of Fast 8. Yeah. Where Vin Diesel's talking about the Cuban How spirit. How great Cuba is. Yeah. And, yeah. And but like, you see people leaning over and fixing a car and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, well, this is exactly how Fast 8 started with Charlize leaning over the car trying to fix yeah. it. Um, so, but but uh, they break free and then they turn the tables on their interrogator. And he leads them to this other guy um, who immediately gets in a car and, and drives away. Right. And so they're forced to give chase in a motorcycle sidecar street chase through cuba yeah which is um reminded me of uh jack of spies the whole jack driving a motorcycle and macgyver in the sidecar right right um situation but here it's like some of the worst cg comping i've seen yeah, of a motorcycle against the backdrop of cuba which they might have even like bought this uh driving footage from fast eight yeah it's <laughs> it looks like the same shoot day <laughs> uh it's it's like when they show, when they don't show MacGyver and Jack, it looks great, right? Because they're really just driving down the streets of Cuba, maybe somewhere in, in Florida or in the Caribbean elsewhere. But it looks like it's a pretty good. It looks like Cuba, yeah. yeah. Um, and the fact that we don't see the actors makes me think all the more that it is. Yeah, I think I think it probably was just a second unit team that went to Cuba and shot just a chase on this road that mm-hmm. people will recognize as Cuba now on film. Um, but before they get in the motorcycle sidecar combo, uh, MacGyver's grabbing all this stuff out of like a tool bin from this mechanic shop where they chase the guy out of, and he fashions it into a grappling hook gun, Mm -hmm. which he then fires, which is also really, really bad CG of a grappling hook attaching to the back of the car they're chasing. And then really bad CG of sparks from the chain from the grappling hook between the two vehicles. It was just like... Okay, so we didn't bump up the budget, or if we did, it it was completely swallowed by people's raises because yeah. this is terrible, terrible CG. And and you know, MacGyver, uh, he looks like he drops the the chain down into the like drive shaft or something of the motorcycle, or no, you know what it is? It's the axle, but for the sidecar, right? And so that is like cranking, I guess, the motorcycle closer to the other car. Yeah, but it doesn't stop. I mean, it, it stops. It does stop. That's the problem I have with it. It's like, shouldn't it have kept cranking until, like, it... They connected? Until they, yeah, until they connected and then continued to crank because the engine is p- turning. Yeah, it should have and, just broken the motorcycle in half. Yeah, exactly. Jack should have had to, like, dive off the motorcycle because it would have been ripped, in, ripped apart. Yeah. Uh, or the back end of the car would have been ripped off. E- either way... But instead, the implication is that both of these vehicles go careening off the road into the water. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens in, in Fast, Fast 8. Fast 8, yeah. But we don't even get to see it. Yeah, we just see them hit, like, the seawall. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the new opening titles. and Which it, are somehow worse than last season. I mean, yeah, they're they're not as creative as as the first seasons. It's just like, here's a bunch of pictures. Yeah. And we're literally just having pictures in boxes and just flying them around the screen. And we see a new name in the opening credits. Yeah. Is Isabel Lucas. I was like, Isabel Lucas? Who the heck is that? And why does she get such a high billing? And is she related to Lucas, too? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That's the last name, first name. Um, but the fact that she got uh, such a high billing, uh, I mean, maybe they were going, are they going alphabetical or I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but she got above Riley, ab- above Tristan Davis, so they can't be alphabetical order. She got a, high, yeah. she got a higher billing than, than Riley. Yeah, she's above uh, Tristan Mays. Well, is, is it last name alphabetical? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, uh, Isabel Lucas, probably better known for... Playing Alice, the female Transformer in Revenge of the Fallen. Um, um, well, she's mean, she's on a show called Emerald City, playing a character named Anna. I'm assuming that's one of several Wizard of Oz shows right now. 
Yeah, and then there's um, she was the, in the Red Dawn remake. Red, Red Dawn. She was in that. She played alongside Christian Bale in that Night of Cups. So I never saw it. Is that um? um was that uh, what's his name? Uh, Terrence Malick or who did who did Night of Cups? Terrence Malick sounds right. Yes. Yeah. I never saw that one. I, I think I clocked out of Terrence Malick's career with Tree of Life. Mm. I was like, okay, I get it. You're very excited about making movies. And everyone loves to be in his movies. That's true. Um, it seems like when the most people jump on is when you're done making good movies, and then you have a movie with like 30 amazing celebrities, and mm-hmm. it's not that great. Mother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, Mother wasn't that bad. You saw it? Yeah, I did. It wasn't, yeah. you know, I, I honestly, it's an art house film. It shouldn't have gotten a wide release. And it shouldn't have been played like it was just a straight horror film. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think it, it misled people. And then the the increase in shock value that occurs throughout the movie is hard to stomach for some. Yeah. Uh, uh, Isabel was also in Immortals, which is uh, Tarsum Singh's 300. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she has a, a project... Uh, in production right now called In Like Flint, which at first I was reading as In Like Flint and thought yeah. it was like a remake, and then I realized, oh no, this is a biopic about Errol Flynn. Yeah. Which it seems like, why would you call it that? Unless you're trying to make a reference to... Exactly. But, whatever. Um, but yeah, and then the, the text for the MacGyver title is just so boring. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's like barely even there, and it's not even there for as long as like any of the names. Um, and then we just cut into the show. Mm-hmm. City of Angels. That's yeah. where we... Back that's in Los Angeles. And uh, Riley is wheeling Bozer out of a hospital with a big... Uh, does he have a cast on his foot or something? No, or no, no. He's completely he's literally recovered. just in a wheelchair. Yeah, because um, of... He, he makes a joke about this is hospital policy. And she says, but you walked down the stairs and then got into this wheelchair before we walked out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so they have, like, a little bit of a banter and they meet Mac and Jack outside. Um... MacGyver seems to act like he hasn't seen Bozer in all this time, I guess. Yeah. Like, like, He's like oh, I haven't bothered to visit you since uh, you first went into your rehabilitation. I mean, but I we did end the season last season with all of them getting into a car and driving off into the sunset. So yeah. maybe he's literally been on a road trip this entire time. Well, because they talk about uh, looking for Mac's father. That's exactly right. the, the next scene is. Yeah. Um, the only thing that they were able to find in when following his trail is this watch. Right. Um, Bozer sees the watch and says, hey, is that the watch? And then he has to explain, oh yeah, this was my father's watch, and it's the closest clue we have to wherever he mm. is. Which is just like, we still think we can convince Richard Dean Anderson to be on the yeah. show, so we're not going to show him yet. And just make that the overarching mystery of the episode, or the the season. I, th- I thought it was weird that Jack then asks, he didn't keister that, did he? Um, I, th- I think I, he's making a Pulp Fiction reference. No, 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 I, I get that, and I like the joke. But it's like, well, why would he have made that now when he's been with MacGyver this whole time when they found the watch? And That's true. And I'm sure MacGyver would have told him the story. Well, there wasn't a camera on them at that time, so oh, then okay, it wouldn't yeah. have been a funny time to make that joke. <laughs> um, and then Riley tries to hog the spotlight by talking about her dad and how mm. he's still missing. And Jack just smiles instead of explaining, oh no, I, I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> because that's probably what happened. Uh and then they get a phone call. Yeah, they get the, they get a phone call to head into HQ where they meet Samantha Cage, who was the who is Isabel Lucas and who was the woman in the opening scene uh, beating up guys. And who will probably be referred to as Sam. Yeah. Because every woman on this show has a man's name. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fine. Yeah. Uh, she was her story is that she was sent in with a SEAL team. And uh, it went bad, and everyone got out except one, and they he was declared uh, killed in action because this. And is... unfortunately, with the seals, it's it's one man left behind. It's a different rule. Yeah. Slightly, so they're allowed <laughs> oh, to leave. They a guy draw behind. straws at the end. All right. Well, if you're the one, then you got to stay. Um, uh, but he was declared killed in action because this is two years ago. But now, all of a sudden, someone's saying that they have him and they want ransom. Right. Even though they're not willing to give proof of life, which is like, what's the point of this then? Yeah, why wouldn't you give proof of life? I guess the only reason not to give proof of life is so that an elite team of special (laughs) ops can be sent off the record to kill all of you. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, you would want proof of life because it would only help your case. 
Mm-hmm. Also, they say we want five million dollars within a week, and it's been ten days since they sent this message. So <laughs> they, they already missed the deadline by three days. I don't know why they even said that. They could have. They could have easily just said, "Oh, they, the parents got this note three days ago." But they say the parents got this note ten days ago, and the government doesn't want to do anything. And it's like, and then we get a new deadline as far as when they're going to kill him later in the episode. And yeah. It's just like, why didn't they just say three days and that it's still the week deadline? Yeah. But also, um, I like in the, in the in the ultimatum message they say Greenwich Mean Time. Right. <laughs> they, 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 they say, very sophisticated. Yeah, it's like, oh, by the way, we mean... It's like, no, it's not local time. Yeah, it's very important that we make that distinction. But yeah, so um, the military doesn't believe they have this guy because they sent no proof, which mm-hmm. would only have helped them get money if they if they expected yeah. to get money. I don't think... I don't know if America pays for people. I feel like sometimes that happens uh, under the radar. But uh, usually the policy is not to negotiate with terrorists. Correct. So I feel like five million dollars would would go unspent regardless of proof of life mm-hmm. um but if they had proof of life they might send a team to try and extract it yeah which is what's going to happen anyway right <laughs> um at, at this woman's uh, insistence uh samantha who is coming over from she's in the cia but she was also sas mm-hmm. and before that she was in whatever the secret service of australia is yeah because she is australian yes uh she, yeah she's born in melbourne and so, but she also implies that Maddie is a friend who owes her, or she has sway with. Right. It seems like they were like college roommates or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the way she says it, she's just like, "Oh, so I called in a favor from an old friend," and it's like, "Well, what? Maddie never worked for SAS or the CIA, so I'm assuming that you guys knew each other before that." Yeah. Um, and it seems like Maddie gets a lot of people personally involved in her business because yeah. this is the first time that a personal friend of the of maddie has gotten yeah one them. time we sent the whole team out to catch the zodiac killer because her <laughs> goddaughter got murdered you have to catch the zodiac that's your next mission <laughs> what um so again since this isn't an official mission they have to volunteer which makes me so mad Later on in this episode, when she yells at Mac and Jack for going on this mission, yeah, they all get in trouble for volunteering and, out of and, her insistence. Yeah, and she's like, you know, like you have to take this seriously. It's like you're the one who says, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> you knew the consequences of sending us. Okay, so when you say volunteer in the future, I'll know that you mean don't volunteer. Don't volunteer. Don't ever do. Just that. say no, thank you next time. Got it. Um. So, of course, they volunteer, because there wouldn't be a show. Um, I don't know who Nizar is, if he was one of the guards earlier, or if he comes up later in the episode. But, um, have you ever seen the trailer for a movie called Krish 3? I have not. It's, um, like the Indian Avengers. Okay. Um, and, and, uh, because, you know, like, there's a Russian one, there's a Chinese one, there's a, this is the Indian Avengers, and... He plays a character in Krish 3 called Ant-Man, which is not, I think, based at all on Ant-Man. Yeah. But um, but uh, the trailer is amazing. I'll throw it in the show notes, because people okay. need to check it out. But uh, I'll throw the Guardians trailer in there, too, and whatever that Chinese one was, too. Yeah, yeah. You know the one I'm talking about with the baby is one of the superheroes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I just hope that Ant-Man has the strength of ten ants. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ant can live ten times their weight. Like, I'm Ant-Man, I can lift ten times. He can barely like... lift ten ants, but that's it. <laughs> um, so we cut to um, the next act break. Um, they're flying over Egypt in the Phoenix private jet. For no reason other than to bring up Cairo again. Yeah, again. Even though in the finale of last season we found out that what happened in Cairo was a time bomb was going to go off. Yeah. And I don't know why they're so scared of Cairo, because it doesn't seem any more interesting than any other given episode of the show. Right. But um, apparently Jack is terrified of Cairo now, and so he spends the entire flight walking around the plane, looking mm. out the windows to make sure they're not going to get hit with a surface-to-air missile. Not that he would have any control over whether it hit right. the plane from there. Um, I want to know, I feel like the pilot is like should have been a character at this point. Like, that they have, like, an, a, a regular... Or that one of them should be the pilot at yeah, this point. Yeah, that would, that would kind of make sense. Like, Especially since Jack was a pilot on the original series. It, it, it seems so strange that we just have this mysterious jet that takes yeah, them Yeah, there's, like, another member of the team that's just never even... Yeah. Um, spoken to. 
I, 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 it bothered me, like, for some reason. It never bothered me before, but I started thinking about it, and the more I thought about it, it, it really started to, to get to me. Yeah. Um, and then we moved from the air over Egypt to just outside of Pakistan, or? Or Istanbul. Istanbul. Not Constantinople. Right. Uh, they're getting through, they sneak through border security, um, I guess by luck, because they're hiding in this yeah. hay bale. And the soldiers at the at the gate stab this giant like scimitar into mm-hmm. the hay in the back of this pickup truck and just happened to not hit the three people hiding in yeah. it. Yeah. And uh so while they're passing through security, Riley and Bozer are in like a Hawkeye AWACS kind of radar airplane tracking their right. uh which they probably wouldn't be. It would probably just be a drone. Or using like the GPS on their phones. Yeah. Uh so they get to a compound, and uh, I guess this is where they're going to try to like make their own way. Is oh, there, there was one note I wanted to make about that the flight though with Bozer and and Riley because they're they're watching from this plane and and they, uh, Bozer asks her if she was able to look into the history of of this character, this Samantha Cage, Samantha Cage character, and she says, I. I mean, it's sealed pretty tight. I hacked into her background, but it was basically everything that Maddie told us. And then everything beyond that was, was what did she call it? TSSCI? Mm-hmm. Which she says, it's sensitive compartmented information. And she says, above top secret. But the TS in TSSCI means top secret. So it's actually not above top secret. It is just top secret. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... Basically, this is this season's Patricia. Yeah. So we're going to come to appreciate her talents, and she's going to become a good friend of the team, and then she's going to turn on everybody. Yeah. I thought, I I, I mean, uh, well, you know, I can't, I won't say yet, because okay. I, I feel like I'm going to get into spoilers here. I don't want to do okay. that. I don't want to spoil this episode <laughs> for people. Yeah. Um, so they find an old car, even though they had a truck uh, and a driver who probably seemed willing yeah. to, to take them places. And they're pulling up to what looks like an abandoned, like, Olympic village. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they find an old car, and, and MacGyver uh, finds a uh, old minigun and takes the electric motor apart to add to the car to, to be part of the starter. Right. Um, and they're like, now if we could only find a gun. <laughs> uh, they The new gimmick, it seems to be, that they're having... What they did before is that they're it, yeah. doing more of those inserts. Instead of having MacGyver explain what he's doing... There's just going to be text. Yeah. So it just says, there's a motor on this minigun. He put the motor in the car. Motor, car. motor make car start. <laughs> motor make car go. <laughs> uh, but as soon as they get the car started, a jeep of soldiers arrives. And I guess Samantha's power is that she's able to convince people to do things or of who she is. Even though she's a blonde white woman. With an Australian accent. With an Australian accent. Speaking Turkish. And hold pretends to hold Mac and Jack at gunpoint and tells the soldiers, "There's more Americans inside." It's like, well, she's like, "These two Americans were trying to steal this car. Like anyone was trying to steal this abandoned car." Yeah, and and second of all, like he'd be he the soldier would probably be like, "Okay, who the hell are you?" <laughs> because yeah. you don't give us orders, random white woman with a gun. Yeah. If anything, we would tell you to put the gun down, and then vet your story before we trust you implicitly. Yeah. But. Nope, they just go, oh, okay, we'll listen to this random person who's telling us to go inside this building. And why would they care if there were Americans there? I don't know. We're not at war with Turkey. So we, they both we're... ran into the building and left this woman to hold two men hostage. Yeah. Um, but then, so once they, they scare off those soldiers, instead of taking their jeep... Yeah, the one that's fully functional. <laughs> and maybe has it some supplies or weapons or something like that. Don't know how much gas. You don't know how much gas is in that abandoned car. It's abandoned. Yeah. What if it doesn't have any more gas in it? <laughs> um, no, so they, they take the abandoned car. It probably, like, probably did run out of gas and the motor got stripped there. Yeah. Uh, or someone siphoned. They found the car. They siphoned the gas out. Maybe. I mean, that's what I would have done. Yeah. If they're taking parts off of it, why wouldn't they take gas out of it? Or diesel or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But they, 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 they take that, and then they reach a new compound, um, which they says, oh, it's too highly secured, even though it looks like a dump. Right. Um, 
And so in order to sneak in, they grab a big, like, pole, support pole for a chain link fence. Right. And they kind of, like, reverse pole vault. I don't really know how to describe this tactic. Yeah, it's he's, interesting. He's holding on to the end of the pole and pushing his feet against the wall of the compound mm -hmm. while Cage and Jack walk toward him and he basically walks up the wall yeah. with the pressure that they're exerting against the side of the building. But then uh, he gets up to the second floor and just walks in. See, to me that seems like you're relying so much on your ability to have that upper body strength to keep you uh, perpendicular to the wall. Yeah. Why would it, why not just lean the pole up against that? That's what I wonder. Why not just lean it and climb up? Yeah. Like, do that. And also, how did the, the other two get into the room at the same time well, as MacGyver? Like, I assume that once he got up there, he came back down and let them in. Oh, uh, okay. But weren't the locks on the outside? I don't, it's not explained. All of a sudden, they're just all inside the building. Yeah. They, they, they do this a couple times. In this episode. Right. So now they they go into this room. It looks a lot like the room that we had earlier where there's, you know, six dudes sitting around a table, mm -hmm. but they're all shot twice dead. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Jack notices that there are no shell casings. So whoever did this was... A professional. And took the time to clean up after themselves, even right. though they left the guards. I just like that all the guards are sitting there with their eyes open. Yeah. But it kind of feels like there's like two rival factions that are just kidnapping this, this, this captive back and forth for some reason. Um, and yeah, because they, they break into another cell hidden behind a, a filing cabinet. Um, and once again, we get that shot of dirty mattress, old food and flies, and a radiator. It's like... What? But now there's a 331 carved into the wall. Mm -hmm. Which she says is proof that, that he was here because it was his... Did she say his buzz card or something like that? It, it was the class that he was in okay. with her. At, buzz class episode. Yeah. Um, I only watched the episode once, and I, I couldn't make out what she said. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to back it up again. Back it up. No, thank you. Keep going. <laughs> but these bodies look like they were killed, like, today. Mm, or, yeah. like, within the hour, even, because they're not even... They haven't... None of them have fallen over yet. Yeah, and there's no, like, signs of decay, or they don't mention yeah. a smell or anything like that. They're, they... The bodies didn't relieve themselves. Yeah. From the muscle control. Well, maybe they just couldn't find any food. Uh, so from here we go to uh, Riley. That's the one benefit of starving to death is you don't crap yourself. <laughs> uh, Riley says that um, MacGyver's phone just uh, did a digital handshake with a router that's in the room. So it's like, okay, wait, wait a minute. There was a router in here? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And I was like, all of a sudden there's a router and a whole computer set up yeah. in the room. Like, like they forgot to put it in there until they were shooting this other line. And, and and then they said, like, I was like, oh, and it looks like the router also talked to several other cell phones that I've tracked in the area. It's like, also, if these guys had Wi-Fi, why are they sitting around a table playing cards? Yeah. Like, <laughs> download an app, guys. It's the future. But also, I was thinking just, like, if the person who came in is such a professional... Why they, wouldn't they take all this out? Yeah, why wouldn't they like have at least destroyed it or done something? Yeah, and then Jack says, how'd they even know where Diaz was? And then to cover up that plot hole, yeah. we just have an 80-yard line from Maddie saying, it doesn't matter. What matters is we find him. <laughs> and she reads it exactly like that. It doesn't matter. What matters is we find him. Uh, <laughs> how'd they even find him? Damn it, George, don't go off script. <laughs> it's like George Eats is just like mad at the show. I feel like every, every time the writers get to a point where they're like, oh, but how did they find him? I don't know. We'll have Jack ask that, and then someone will call him an idiot. <laughs> I did like the scene earlier when Jack was talking about the Cuban cigars, and Bozer tries to hit it from him, and <laughs> George He gets e real offended. He looks like, you're going to be in the back in that wheelchair, Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> It's the stuff like that I wish the show had more of. Yeah. Where they feel like human beings and friends. Yeah. Um, uh, so now they, they've tracked whatever phones, yeah. phone it was that was connected to this router to another building. Mm -hmm. A hizar. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, they make a, a, a joke about mansplaining. Yeah, I have a note about that here too. I don't that's, that's not a real word. So, don't say the word mansplaining people, because that's just a Tumblr word for people to pretend is a real thing. Because he was, at the most, he was just correcting. 
Yeah. He wasn't saying what... Jack didn't say, oh, what's that building? Or, like, he says it's a fortress. I was like, actually, it's, it's, it's a this and this. Like... I feel like it was more like educating. It wasn't more. I don't know. It either way, it wasn't mansplaining, in the stereotypical sense of the term, and also the stereotypical sense of the term is stupid. It's just anytime a guy explains something, if his audience is a woman, then it's mansplaining, and if his audience is a man, then he's just talking. But it's a dumb word. Let's not use it out loud. Let's keep that on Tumblr. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense that she even called it mansplaining here. It's just like. The people writing the show were like, I heard this great word on the internet. Let's yeah. plug it into the show. And they, didn't the show. Know, they didn't know it was an internet word and not a real world word. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be so hip with the kids. They love yeah. MacGyver. <laughs> um, but anyway. So there's no guards outside of this place. They're all inside. And they notice some kids playing soccer with what looks like a, just a bunch of bound trash. Mm-hmm. And uh, so MacGyver buys the soccer ball. And then he's like, "Hey, can I buy that soccer ball off of you guys? That took you like months to put together." Yeah, with these American dollars. Yeah, and then everyone's gonna wonder. Anywhere here? Yeah, it's like everyone's gonna wonder where did this kid get American dollars? Especially after what happens here. Um, so then MacGyver takes apart a uh, cell phone camera and sticks. Yeah, he asks for a cell phone, and Jack doesn't even volunteer his because he knows what happens to cell phones. Yeah, and so she gives it to him, and then. And then she's like, oh, I'm not going to get that back, am I? And then Jack starts laughing because he's like, yeah, no, you're not. Uh, and so he, he sticks the camera into the ball. Uh, hoping... But he somehow pulls the camera out so that it's outside of the phone casing mm-hmm. so that it sticks out of the ball, yeah. I'm assuming. Yes. But then Where's you the like. Phone? <laughs> yeah, but the phone is inside, but the camera is sticking outside of the ball. But. Yeah. If it's rolling around or getting kicked, the the camera's just going to break off if it's sticking out of the outside of the yeah. wall. Uh, but luckily, it, it stays on, and uh, Sam and Jack have a competition of who can kick the ball into the window. Right. Um, they should have just paid these kids to do it. Yeah, that would have been funnier. Yeah, like, because if these three like white Americans are walking through this building that has a hostage, it's like, there's no reason why... They wouldn't be suspicious or have a single guard outside to notice yeah. that. So I feel like it, what should have happened is like, here's your ball back. I'll give another 20 bucks to whoever can kick it in that window. Mm-hmm. And then like the kids would be celebrating when they got it in alongside yeah, yeah, Jack yeah. and everybody. Or like Jack tries to and doesn't do it and then they pay the kids to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the scene could have been done better. but It was just another opportunity to show that this lady can do things that Jack can't do. Right. To make it worthwhile that she's on the team. Uh. So um, the ball gets in and starts rolling around, and the guard finds it. And I like I like that he goes out and yells at the kids, like, "I keep it now. It's yeah, mine." It's like, this is my ball, and it's like, "Why do you that's, want that's it? That's garbage. That's <laughs> a garbage ball. Why do you want that?" Um, but I like Maddie's line. <laughs> she goes, "Riley, is this video getting us anything except making me not besides making me nauseous?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that that was a fun line, uh, and. Uh, so while it's sweeping the rooms, because the guy, the guard just decides to take the ball with him everywhere yeah. he goes. Instead of what I would do, which is diving for cover when a when an unexpected object comes flying in the second floor of my building. Yeah. Um, he takes it and walks it through the room where they're holding the hostage mm-hmm. for no and then, reason. And then, like, like you know, pans it across the room, holds it under his arm, and just points it at all the people responsible. Uh, and that's at this point, Jack is able to identify one of the men in the room as the Ten of Spades. Right. Um, the actual Ten of Spades was Hamid Raja Shal, who was the commander of the Iraqi Air Force, and he was captured on June 14th of 2003. A little bit of trivia there for you. They there. also make the claim in this episode that he's the only one that never got caught, mm-hmm. when in fact we only caught about half of them, 26 of 52, most of which were executed. Yeah. Um or died in in custody, um, but a few were released, which I don't know why they would be released. But assuming this is like the number one military target, like from that right. whole card deck that's left, feels like he should have been uh, more useful to him to the team than he yeah. proves to be. Uh, so uh, they we get audio from the scene that they plan to execute Diaz live. They don't want money anymore, I guess. Yeah, because uh, it's been 12 days now Yeah, since they asked for... They gave a seven-day deadline. Uh, so, Riley sends them a schematic of the building, 
and MacGyver realizes that um, based on some work that they had done to the building that there might be some foundation issues and, and uh, when they scan the area with radar they find a set of tunnels or catacombs yeah. uh, dug beneath the building. Bozer speed reads the blueprints and determines that there's about 15 rooms. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's a lot more in the blueprints. But yeah. he, re- he says there's 15 and this is the first and second floor but it's not including the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so MacGyver plans to flood the catacombs with water. I don't know why. And then use a propulsion system to go the three miles that he would need to go. So he needs to go three miles on a single tank so of air. are we to understand that there was no water in the catacombs before they busted the dam slightly? Yeah, I, that has to be the implication, but also to fill three miles and we'll say generously a four by four uh tunnel full of water that's a lot of water yeah that probably that's a lot <laughs> yeah would have taken a while to flood that tunnel um but uh it's immediately flooded as soon as the bomb they make, they make and a it's bomb flooded to the exact level that he wants and the water level does not move an inch yeah after that point um, he also is able to travel three miles instantaneously because as soon as he goes in, Riley says, okay, take a right and you're there. It's like, what? He said he had to go three miles. <laughs> also, that's he has one tank of air, which he then has to share on the way back. No, he had two tanks. Oh, he had two e- tanks? Each of them had a tank. Oh, okay. So he brought two tanks on his first pass and he left them both down there. Okay. Um, well... I still argue three miles is a no, long way I agree. to go. Three miles is too far. On a tank of air? Yeah. Uh, three miles under the sea. Uh, so MacGyver takes some of the explosives that he brought with him and uh, completely just basically uh, puts like a layout of the room. Like a, yeah, he's like, what are the dimensions of the room? And she's like, 10 feet by 10 feet. And he's like, okay, I'll just make a random square 10 feet by 10 feet and hopefully it'll be under the room that the guy's Yeah, in. exactly. He's like... I don't know where the corners are. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. But he just puts it all up. and. Uh, meanwhile, Jack and Sam are creating distractions outside by assaulting guards and just randomly shooting at the building. But then for some reason they go inside. Yeah, I don't know why they went inside other than to just capture the Ten of Spades, but that, that wasn't their mission. Yeah. Um, and Sam says, let's split up. And Good then idea. Just we can do more damage that way. She, she disappears. She disappears until the end of the episode. I was like, what? Oh, that is weird. Where did she go? So when she did that, what? here's what I thought was oh, going yeah, to happen. I know, I know. Oh, oh. What do you think? What do you think is what I think? Well, you thought Bozer was her, right? Or no? No. What I thought, the reason that she wanted Diaz so bad was she was going to kill him. Oh, okay. Because he, he, she was like afraid of something he might say if he was, if he was brought back. Because she had done something, and he's the like the only one that he, she would need to silence. Right. And I thought so as soon as she was going to find him, he was going to try to kill, kill him. him. Yeah. Well, the uh, fact that her name is in the opening credits meant she was going to stick around for the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. It, it just seemed like... But it, yeah, that that seems like something that this character would do, because we've already covered the fact, oh, well, she has, you know, a top-secret classified past, and mm-hmm. we don't know her that well, and turns it, out she could be terrible. And, and for some reason, she's completely obsessed with getting this one guy. Yeah. Um, for no reason. I mean, there's no... They, they try to imply a romantic relationship. And she's but, like, no, 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 no. It's nothing that. to do with that. I don't date men or women that I work with. Uh, and so it's 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 weird. But um, Mac escapes with Diaz. Uh, Jack temporarily gets captured by the tennis spades. Um, but Bozer sneaks up behind the guy and whacks him over the head with a candlestick. Candlestick. And he's like, it was Bozer with a candlestick. Um, I always worry when someone's being held at gunpoint and then someone randomly hits somebody who's holding the gun. That they're going to shoot on accident? Yeah, you're just going to... You, you cause someone to, to... Their muscles to tighten or... You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It seems like such a bad move. Um, Especially for, like, a wanted for questioning suspect. Yeah. Like, a solid blow to the head with a candlestick is a very easy way to kill a person, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's uh, why it's one of the clue weapons. It's a thing that people die from. Uh, I like the scene. I would like the scene in, in Johnny Mnemonic 
when he's at a nightclub and, the, and Udo Kier is trying to capture him. And he hires a thug to beat him up in the bathroom. And the guy, the thug, like, takes Keanu Reeves and slams his head into the bathroom stall door. And he hears, not the head, you idiot! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where all the information is. Yeah. I uh, like that Takeshi Katana was the bad guy in that movie. Uh, every, like, there's so many people in that movie. Yeah. Um, I wish I wish Dina Meyer was just in more stuff. Who's Dina Meyer? Uh, she was dizzy in Starship oh, okay. Troopers, but yeah. she's also the girl... In, in this she pops up now and then yeah uh so they escape uh the tunnel floods but jack and diaz are able to escape J- macgyver does like this kind of like parkour parkour jumping off the catacombs to get up to the mm-hmm. the manhole cover that jack's hanging out of so that they can pull out before this tidal wave washes away yeah. history of of this city um i also think he could have just jumped yeah, he probably could have. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, we got a terrible C- CG water filling this. Yeah. Um, and from here we cut to Diaz being reunited with his parents. Who um, seem to live in the Bannister home. Yeah, like the... the um, it looks like the same house that uh, they came and told the Bannisters that their daughter was killed. Um, uh, Mr. Diaz, I recognized... Uh, when I looked him up, uh, he was a major character on Sequest. Oh, okay. Which was uh, an unfortunate favorite of mine as a kid. Uh, <laughs> because as I tried to watch it, I just tried to watch the first episode as an adult recently. It's like, oh, oh, real bad. It's so terrible. The villain of the episode drinks from like a iron goblet with like skulls and things on it. It's like, wow. That's rough. <laughs> Wasn't Spielberg the EP on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, and... It, it was just awful. Um, uh, but I recognize uh, his credits from that. Um, so then this is where it doesn't make any sense because Maddie debriefs the team and is very upset. Yeah, she's like, well, you guys are in a lot of trouble and you're getting an official warning. And they're like, oh, just a warning? And she's like, that's a big deal. Like, you guys yeah. should be taking this seriously. And it's like, no, we shouldn't because you told us to do this. Yeah. We did uh, exactly what you asked And how come you're do. not getting a warning, Maddie? Because she didn't ask them to do anything That's on the true. record. It was, it was, but they also didn't do anything on the record. All we know is that this guy came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have the last suspect from this 52-card thick deck of yeah. most wanted terrorism suspects. And uh, they're not using him as a card to like get any leeway here. They're not like, oh, well, by no, the way, we have your last criminal. No, that, that is what they're doing. Well, they are eventually, but that's they, she doesn't bring it up in this room. No, no, she brings plan. it up privately. She's just, like, she's just like, so you saved this guy, so everyone's really mad at you. Um, how dare you save this guy? I forget why this is a bad thing. Yeah, other you, than... you're fired from the CIA, but now you can work for us. Yeah, she, she tells, she tells uh, Isabel that she's in the most trouble because for no reason, and... Um, yeah, she's been cut from the CIA, and she's like, oh, that was a risk I was willing to take to get Why? into your secret think tank because yeah. I'm a villain. Yeah. Or people think it's a think tank, according yeah. to but see, one of the like, titles. Like, it was a risk I was willing to take. For what? Why? To save this guy who's not my boyfriend, and but who I went through training with. Uh, it's just, the, the, there's not enough, not enough. The end game was to get into the Phoenix Foundation. Because she works for Murdoch. Is that not clear enough, everybody? <laughs> she either works for or just blatantly is Murdoch. Oh, God, I hope she's Murdoch. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be the first time she's completely transformed. Yeah. So, uh, Bozer and Riley return to the lab where the robot has been, like, jackified. Yeah. Where it's... He's wearing, like, a... Sombrero. I drank the worm shirt like mm-hmm. he just got back from Tijuana and he's got like yeah a sombrero on and he's talking like Jack because he went on this road trip coming of age road trip <laughs> I want that episode I want, then, I, want yeah. the, I want the robot Jack and Matt I was episode. hoping that's what this whole season would be and then Bozer just unplugs him and says this is terrible they made him into a frat guy they ruined my robot years of work years. It's like you were only in the Phoenix Foundation for like Four months. And no one asked you to build a robot. Yeah. <laughs> you just started spending money. No, I just found these blueprints that, that Pete Thornton left behind, Patricia's great uncle. Um, from here, we have uh, MacGyver and Jack 
uh, at Max Place, talking over about the new addition to the team, about Murdoch, um, and then of course you know MacGyver's dad that you know they're going to keep looking. Yeah. Um, so we've touched on all the same long-term storylines as right. last season. I- except My dad's for still except missing. For... Cairo was an issue that we're still not resolving. Mm-hmm. Except for what? Oh, Except yeah. for Bozer yeah. being mad that Mac lied to him, <laughs> or or Riley being mad that I don't know. We don't. We have no. We still yeah, don't understand she, why Riley is mad at Jack. She, she's negative. Like, I don't care that teenage. you beat up my dad. I'm mad because you, because there. Then you went away, because you had to go away, and I know you had to go away. But I forget why I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. Uh, and then for the first, for some reason for the first time MacGyver decides to fiddle with the watch. It's like this is the first time you've really yeah. examined the, guy the watch. The famous for taking things apart and hasn't touched this watch. I haven't touched this watch that doesn't work. Like for some reason. And I never investigated to see why it doesn't work. And the clue also doesn't make any sense because when he opens it up a picture falls out yeah. of himself the well, day that his dad left. Well, I'm hoping it's like a microdot situation. I don't think it is. I think it's just a picture. Uh. You have a tendency to overthink the clues of this show. <laughs> I, have a, I have a tendency to, to think inside the, the glorious box. You're like, the... you know what would be great, and the, that's not what they're thinking when they're writing this show. <laughs> and right, like... right now, they're, they're going to listen to this episode, they're going to go, what the hell's a microdot? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so that's it. That's yeah. the episode. That's the premiere. Mm-hmm. They pulled out all the stops and remade an episode from the first season. Yep. They, they they pulled in all the stuff. A couple episodes from the first <laughs> season. Uh, so it, it sounds like next week's episode is probably about them rescuing a hostage. I'm guessing somewhere in the Middle East. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I have to say, it's pretty much business as usual. Like it's not that they. I don't feel like anything got ramped up. No, definitely not budgetarily. I feel like. Part of being over Egypt and just outside Istanbul, all this like, and Cuba mm-hmm. and Syria, it's all like fake jet setting to make yeah. it look like the show has a budget, but it's like, not every show has to go to 19 countries in an episode. Yeah. Like, just have something that happens in a town. M- M- MacGyver would very often just be in a town where he wasn't, he was like almost quantum leaping. It's like he didn't know he was going to get involved with something there, you know? Yeah. Oh, the, the farmers are poisoning the, the crops and the people are, laborers are upset. Also, well, as, aside from Murdoch, I think that the Ten of Spades had more lines than any other villain on the show, and he still barely said anything. Yeah. Or, like, remember the one episode where the villain they were chasing the entire episode didn't have one line? That was like six episodes in the first season. <laughs> the same with the, when they kidnapped that Martin Scurley character. Yeah. And, like, they beat up, like, 40 dudes, like the Crazy 44 or whatever. And none of them said anything. And then they were just like, oh, we got the kid back. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, weird. Weird show. Not a great premiere. Yeah, I mean, I guess you pick your battles, you know, with Friday Friday lineups. Yeah. Um, the, the only people who are watching your show are probably over the age of 50. I would dare say over the age of 60. That's um, probably true. A lot of people have unplugged at this point. Yeah. Um, so... I I guess you I guess they would maybe find they they maybe not wouldn't notice the glaring visual yeah CGI effects. stuff yeah CBS um, is just like no that's not our thing yeah it's we like, don't have a visual effects budget that's what the interns do yeah um I can't remember who who said the review um I because I, I sent you a Rotten Tomatoes review um, because I was actually reading a lot of what people were saying um, one of them was something along the lines of. They called MacGyver a watchable bore, and I was like, "Yeah, I can kind of." Right. I, I, it's like I don't. Keeps me just distracted enough. Yeah, like that. It's slightly more entertaining than having the TV turned off. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, and 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 I feel that there are moments in the show that are genuine, and I like, and I like. It's basically a hundred percent George Eats. Yeah. I feel that the casting is mostly good. Um, it's it's just gets clunky, and they they have to go to all these crazy adventure places, and it doesn't need to be so broad sweeping. I feel like this Isabel character or Cage character could have been better rounded out 
if you wanted to add her to the team. Because yeah. right now, and we, we didn't really mention this actually, but at the end of the episode, they show the Ten of Spades in the jail cell or whatever. Yeah, yeah she's, she's going gonna... in to get information, and that right. they think that that that's going to be their their trump card. Yeah, their trump card to get her in at Phoenix. But she's already in. I, oh, they, yeah. Well, they mentioned that she might be brought up on charges, and it would prevent that from happening. Yeah, but it's also like. Okay, get whatever information you can get out of the guy. That's great. But also, just give them the guy. Like, that's the last terrorism suspect yeah. that they were looking for. So, yeah, give them the guy. That mm. would make that would make a big difference. You probably wouldn't even be fired from the CIA if yeah. you caught that guy. But, uh, but yeah, she's fired. But all we know about this woman is that she's, she's trained in, like, psychological mm-hmm. extraction... And that she can kick a soccer ball, I guess. Yeah. But other than that, there's not much to her character. So I feel like even, um, what's her name, Jack's ex-girlfriend, had like a more well-rounded, like yeah. full character that she brought to the table. She would make a, a more sensible addition to the team yeah. um, than this lady. But, you know, the same as Patricia didn't really have that much to her. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're setting this person up so that you don't enjoy her presence too much because then you might be really disappointed yeah. when she turns in middle middle of the season. So you think there's going to be sexual tension between her and MacGyver? I think her and Jack. I think Jack already staked his claim on that. <laughs> at, at the end of Jack the at the end flag. of the episode he says something about it about yeah. how she's cute or something like that and Mac's like, "Really?" So MacGyver wasn't even thinking about her that way mm-hmm. and Jack's already like, "I could date this girl that's 5 years older than my daughter." Riley who <laughs> we've decided that is his daughter even yeah. though that doesn't make sense in the timeline doesn't have to no also isn't he dating her mom I don't know it doesn't know. matter he's got more girlfriends than MacGyver mm-hmm. does um but yeah that's it for the episode yeah um and tune in next week working so I'm not able to find out what the name of next week's episode is um but tune in next week for season 2 episode 2 whatever that may be mm-hmm. and uh yeah Thank you for listening. Thank you.